Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Hi, everybody. It's Linda Gunner with Love Him, Love Them. And as you just heard, our whole goal tonight is to give hope, touch lives, and change hearts, right? So I I got a couple of stories to tell you. This has been like a very interesting week for me. Um, But what I want to talk to you about is, does God give us more than we can handle? I've had um, this past week, I don't know where I was or what I was going to, but for some reason I stopped and I ran into this lady. And, you know, around where I live, everybody knows everybody. So uh, to protect the innocent, I'm going to change the names. (laughs) Probably if if you're around here, you're going to know that story anyways. But I ran into this lady, Sally, and she knows my daughter, Gina. Now, if any of you know Gina, Gina is like a perfect angel. She is just the exact opposite of me. Uh, very sweet, very gentle, very kind, uh, very soft-spoken. But Gina got a big foot. And that's what this lady, this lady was friends with Gina. Um, I think it was whenever she was in school somewhere. And she uh, she said, she came up and said, how is Gina doing? And she said, you know, we always, we always, uh, is Gina watching? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, okay. Well, sorry, Gina. This is a good story about you, sweetheart. <laughs> Never know. She said that we always connected because Gina and I both have a size 12 foot or size 11 foot. And I said, oh, Gina's on a size 13 now. Sorry about that. But anyways, we uh, we kept talking and I said, now, you do know how I'm Gina's mom, right? And she said, no, I never heard that story. She said, I've talked to Gina a lot, but I've never heard the story of how you became her mom. And so I, I went forward. And remember, tonight we're talking about does God ever give you more than you can handle? And so I gave her the short version because, I mean, you know, we're just sitting uh, just sort of in passing. Right. So I don't want to go into the whole. I mean, the whole thing's in a book. Right. Peanut butter, crackers and flip flops. There's a whole book about the story. And so I said, I Gina's mom was my very best friend. And she uh, was tragically taken from this earth in a a horrible situation uh, that also took Gina's Gina's mom, Gina's grandmother, and her father out of her life. I said, and basically, uh, Gina has four other siblings, and they went to live with their grandfather in New York, and he uh, became very ill, and so he knew that he was not going to be on this earth much longer, so he started reaching out to try to find people that could take all five kids. And one day he called me and he said, you know, I I need somebody to take all five kids. I've reached out to everybody in France. I mean, Gina is Haitian. They're all ha- from Haiti, which is why we have our ministry in Haiti. And uh, nobody in France, nobody in Haiti, nobody in America is willing to take all five kids. And Linda, if you don't take them, uh, I'm going to have to split them up and put them in foster care. And this lady, Sally, she, she looks at me and she was like, what? I never knew that. And I said, yeah. And I said, and my answer back was, I think you made the wrong phone call. <laughs> I think you waited to, to tell the, ask the wrong chick. I said, because I don't have any kids. I don't like kids. And I, I don't know what in the world you think I'm going to do with five Haitian kids. I mean, I don't even have a car big enough for five kids, right? And she looks back at me and she says, are you serious? I said, yeah. She goes, oh, I just thought you were this really nice lady that already had kids and that Gina's was friends with your kids. And that's why you took in the kids. And I was like, 
no, I'm not a really nice lady. <laughs> I said, I just happened to be in the wrong place at the right time or the right place at the wrong time. And I have a husband that knows the Bible and that threw the Bible in my face and said, James 1.27 says that uh, real religion is uh, that you care for the widows and the orphans in a hot mess. And because Gina and her siblings were in a hot mess, that we had to take them. So that, anyways, if you want the rest of that story, it's in the Peanut Butter Crackers and Flip Flops book. You should read it. It's quite a story. But then this lady looks back at me and she says, actually, Linda, you are amazing. I can't believe you did that. And would you please keep me in your prayers? Now, people ask me to pray for them all the time. And that's, ex- and that's usually how they start off. Can you pray for me? I'm like, yeah, I can pray for you, but what am I praying for you about? And so that's what I said to Sally. I was like, Sally, what do you, you know, what do you, she goes, I really, really need prayers right now. And I said, okay. I said, well, what do you want me to pray about? And she proceeds to say, my husband and my daughter both died from COVID-19 one day apart last September. And I'm sitting there going, and I've been laughing with this lady and joking about Gina's foot, how big her foot is and going on and on. And I was like, what? And she said, yeah. And she starts to tell me the story about how her she thought her husband had a sinus infection. They ended up rushing him to one hospital in Gainesville, Georgia, which for those of you that's about who don't know where we are, we're in Northeast Georgia. That's like an hour and a half from here. She said, and then my daughter had to go into the hospital the next day, but it was a different hospital. And because of COVID, they wouldn't let me in. They couldn't let me back and forth. Finally, they let me in. And she goes through this whole story and tells me how that they literally died 24 hours apart. Now, when 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 Gina's mom and grandma passed away, I went to that funeral. It was a double funeral. It is the only, anytime I tell the story and I talk about going to this double funeral, I've never heard anybody else use the word. Most people, I just was at a church on Sunday. I was sharing the story and you could hear people gasping in the congregation when I said double funeral. And she said, yeah, she said, we had to have a double funeral. And I was like, oh my goodness. And she said, yeah, it's been really tough. She said, but people always tell me People always say, Sally, don't worry. God will never give you more than you can handle. Now, this was a very tough moment right then. And I'm not going to tell you what I said until I tell you the next story. So uh, that was one story. That happened, I think, two days ago. This afternoon, I got a phone call from a 35-year-old woman who said the following words. Mommy Linda, can you please come help me? I cannot walk. And I thought, and that, that was all that was on the message. I was in a meeting or something, so I only got the voicemail. So I, uh, when I got out and got the message, I immediately called back and I said, what do you mean? Her name is, we're going to call her Mika. I said, Mika, what do you mean you can't walk? And I haven't, I haven't spoken with this lady for probably, I guess, about two and a half years. Before, previ- prior to that, she was in my life m- much more often. And she said, I had to have stomach surgery two years ago. And something happened where the um, surgeon, the doctor, whatever, cut a nerve. I don't know. She couldn't really explain it to me. She said, but um, ever since I came out of that, she said, I've been paralyzed. <laughs> I've been paralyzed from my waist down and I haven't been able to walk. 
And she said, I, uh, I need help. I need your help. And so literally, I stopped everything I was doing this afternoon. And I got the address. I, I first tried to get a little bit more information to call the doctors. But, you know, you can't call a doctor and ask them nothing now because there's HIPAA, HOPA, HOPA, whatever the laws are. I mean, they're like, who are you and what do you want? And they, they don't. I was trying to get a little bit clearer information to figure out how to help her. But nobody will talk to you about anything, which I mean, I'm sure there's an amazing reason for that. But it didn't help me out today when I was trying to get the details. So I, uh, I went to her house, and that, this is why I was looking for this verse right before we started, because I want to I want to share this verse with you. It's in James 5, 13. I know a lot of y'all Bible people already know what it is, but it says, James 5, 13, is any among you suffering? He must pray. Is anyone joyful? He is to sing praises to God. Oh, it's actually 14 I wanted. Sorry about that. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the spiritual leaders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. I think I love that verse. I think it is like a bonus round. So I'm going to reach in my pocket right now and show you what I have in my pocket. It is, anybody know what this is? It's anointing oil. I'm just going to tell you, this is like from Jerusalem or somewhere. I don't know. My daughter, Gina, always orders it for me. But I'm going to let the sound man and the, um, there's people in the room with me. I'm going to let you smell that. It smells so good. I don't even know what it is. It's like the Rose of Sharon or frankincense or something. So um, I just always think if you actually believe, you know, the Bible goes on and on and on and on about if you'll just believe, if you'll just believe, if you'll just believe. So if we believe that James 5, I said 13, but it's 14. If we really believe James 14, 3, 5, 14 is true. And that all you have to do as a leader of the church is to have oil, pray over someone and anoint them with oil and they'll be healed. And then they get that bonus round of the sins being forgiven too. Why does everybody not have this with them at all times? Huh? I've got one in my purse, one in my pocket, one in my makeup bag, <laughs> which has busted before. I was trying to unclose one time at a... um a dress shop at Cato. Who knows? Cato is one of our sponsors. Um, and I, I had it in my pocket when I tried on the new pair of pants. The whole bottle fell out and flo- f- broke all over the floor everywhere. Glass everywhere. And the lady came in and I was like, I'm so sorry. I know she thought like a two-year-old was in there. And I said, I'm so, so sorry. And she says, what was that? I said, it's anointing oil. She was like, girl, let me help clean it up. I want to get that oil all over me. Very, very interesting. So I go to see Mika this afternoon and I walk in and you know, this is, I want to tell you this part too. This is really funny. Another lady that uh, was friends with Mika when I was friends two and a half years ago, I called her first and I said, you know, tell me what's going on. She says she's paralyzed. And she's like, oh yeah, Linda. She says, you know, those uh, pictures that you post sometimes of your children in Haiti and the places that you go to in Haiti. She said, that's where she's living now. And actually she's lost like 150 pounds. She looks just like those kids that, um, just like the po- pictures that you post in Haiti. And the house looks just like the pictures that you post in Haiti. So, I mean, I'm expecting when I'm going to go, right, it's going to be a hut with 10 shingles or whatever, no running water, no electricity, because, I mean, I know what I see in Haiti. 
And I pull up and it was a really cute little house. So I, I was like, you know, I think some people in America still don't quite grasp exactly what we're dealing with in Haiti. So it's, I'm not trying to throw shade on my friend, but I was like, I don't think she's ever been to Haiti. So I pull up, I go knock on the door and uh, this girl's brother answers the door. Hey, mommy, Linda, haven't seen you in a while. And I said, yeah, where's Mika? So I go in and here she is laying on a double air mattress, which I found out that we had sent to her. I guess she must have asked for one through somebody in our office a couple of months ago. And she was like, thank you for the air mattress. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this paralyzed woman doing laying on an air mattress? She needs a hospital bed. Um, we have hospital beds. We could have gotten her that or, or tried to help her out. So I go in and I said, Mika, tell me what is happening. And she says, Mommy Linda, I went about two and a half years ago because I had ulcers and I got, I had surgery and I haven't been able to walk since. And I've been trying to get help. She doesn't have a car, which I'm going to tell you with all of the ministries that we do in America, that really is the beginning of the end. You know, uh, I just had a conversation the other day with a, a used car lot owner, which people don't usually think very highly of, but boy, oh boy, they're some of the best friends for our ministry because once a person loses their car, now they can't get to work. So they lose their job, and now once they can't get lose their job, they can't keep their home. I mean, it just it just is a spiral down, and they don't have a vehicle, so she hasn't been able to get to doctor's appointments. She hasn't been able to keep up with anything, and she's literally laid there for two years. Now, I don't know what happened that she just finally decided to call me today, but what I do know is I went immediately. I heard her story. Do you think— that being paralyzed for two years could be a little bit more than you could handle. I'm going to tell you the end of the story of what happened when I prayed and anointed with oil before we close out tonight. I want to tell you about one other guy, and this is a guy in the Bible. His name is Paul. I don't know if you know who that is or not. But Paul, in 2 Corinthians 11, tells this. Now, remember, right so far, we've got a woman whose husband and daughter died within 24 hours of each other. We've got Shamika who went in for surgery for a simple uh, stomach surgery, and now she's uh, not able to walk for two years, completely paralyzed. And now we have this guy named Paul in 2 Corinthians 11. He goes, three times I was beaten with rods by the Romans. Once I was stoned by my enemies. Three times I was shipwrecked. I'm going to tell you, that would take me one time to be shipwrecked. I'm not going back out in the boat. I've spent a night and a day in the open sea, and on frequent journeys, I have faced dangers from rivers. I have faced dangers from robbers. I have faced dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the open country, dangers on the sea, and dangers among false brothers. Many sleepless nights. I've had hunger and thirst. I've often been without food and cold and lacking clothing. When when you are in situations like this, or when you're in a situation like where Sally lost her husband and her daughter, and somebody comes up to you and says, oh, Sally, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. Are you flipping kidding me? How, who can handle that? Who can? Ha God continuously gives us more than we can handle. You know, it, it's, I can't imagine how God feels. I didn't write the Bible. He, he is the one who spoke the Bible through 
people to, to write. It's the living, breathing word of God, right? It's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for uh, disciplining. But can you imagine God Almighty who gives us more than we can handle all the time? Why does he give us more than we can handle? So that we will depend on him. If we could handle everything, why would we ever have any reason ever to run to him? You know, I just want to clear this up once and for all. The verse in the Bible that people continuously confuse with, does God give us more than we can handle? I did not write it down. I'm looking at my notes. It is that no temptation will come to you that God will not provide a way out. So temptation versus suffering, those are two completely different things. God doesn't want us to be tempted beyond. He, he will not tempt us beyond anything we can bear. He will. It will seem like we can't bear it, but those. But being tempted versus having issues and things happen in our lives that we cannot bear, two different things. So the way out is for the times that we are tempted to do evil. The suffering and the pain and the things that we have to struggle with, those are so that we will surrender to God. Those are so that the Holy Spirit, you know, where the Holy Spirit is called our comforter, our guide. The, the Holy Spirit is there to comfort us. If we could handle everything, we wouldn't need, we wouldn't need that. I want to show you one other amazing thing that, that came to me this week. And I've been sharing with you guys over and over about Psalm 91. And how continually I'm missing a page for my notes, but that's fine because I know what I know what I'm talking about. I want to take you to John. So do you know where John is? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And I try to read. This is what makes it easy for me because I got to keep things very simple. So like this week was Valentine's Day. So I know that was the 14th. So I was reading in John 14. So that makes it very easy. Um, do you realize that this says over and over in John? Now, because when I'm going for Mika and I'm going to anoint her with oil and I'm going to pray for her, what do I want? I want her standing up and walking, right? When I'm praying for Sally uh, specifically, because she she finally told me specifically what needed to be prayed for, and that's a whole nother uh, personal problem, but I want to be able to specifically pray for that. And so what do I want? I want this, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. As your as my representative, this I will do so that the Father can be glorified. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you read John 14 and 15, he keeps on saying that over and over. And here's the last one that the last part of this that kind of explains it. Because I know a lot of you are like, are you kidding, Linda? I pray all the time and I add in in Jesus name all the time. I always say in Jesus name. It says, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. So he continues to say, if then, if then. Do you remember when we were in algebra class and they would say that all those formulas would come about? If then, if then. He says, if you love me, ask me anything. And if you really love me, You'll keep my commandments. Now, I want to take you back to some to, to, well, actually, I don't even have to go to there real quick. I want to ask you this. The question is, do you know his commandments? <laughs> because if we're supposed to be 
keeping his commandments. And that's how we show that we really love him. Psalm 91 even says this. He always is talking about if we love him. Psalm 91, 14 says, because I know you love me, this is God that says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. He also says, because he acknowledges my name. So these two things keep coming up. If you acknowledge the name of Jesus and if you really love him. And if we really love him, he says, he can, you'll call on me and I'll answer you, which is the same thing here, saying, ask anything you want, anything you, and I'll do it. He'll call on me and I'll answer. I'll be with him in times of trouble. That's what Sally needed, right? She's having trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. And with long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? All of those promises are simply whenever God says, whenever the Lord says, because I know you love me. And now we're told right here. So it's not just sitting around saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. It's not sitting around saying that. Now, praise and worship time is amazing. I love that brand new song out called The Goodness of God that starts off with, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. But you know what? Jesus says over and over and over in his word, if you love me, you will obey my commands. <laughs> I was reading for the testing for the um, radio part tonight. And one of the things said, if you really, my friend, you're going to love me and obey what I do. And I was thinking, that's what I need to tell my friends. Just listen to me, obey me, and you'll be my friends. But you know what the, the problem is? And I made an uh, offer this past Sunday at the church I was speaking at. And I said, you know what? If this says that if you love me, you really love me, it's because you'll obey my commandments. Who knows? I mean, what are the commandments? There's tons and tons and tons of commandments in the Bible. But let's just go with the Ten Commandments, right? Who knows the Ten Commandments? And this past Sunday at the, the church that I spoke at, I offered $100 for anybody in the congregation that could stand up and tell me the Ten Commandments. Nobody stood up. I thought, okay, maybe $100 is not enough, which I found out later. My husband was there, and he, he said he was sitting in the back going, stop, Linda, quit, quit offering money. So I raised it up, and I said, I'll give $500 for anybody who can uh, stand up right now and list all ten and say all 10 of the commandments. Not one person in that congregation could stand up. Not one person knew the Ten Commandments. Finally, a, a lady that was in the back that wanted to cheat, she goes, well, actually, they're right up there on the wall. Somebody could stand up and read those. So in our last few minutes that are left, I want to share with you, because these are, these are two so, so simple things that get continuously misused all the time that are so clear in the Word of God. One is, God will never give you more than you can handle. And that's not true. God will. He will never tempt you beyond what you can bear. Two different things. And the other part is when we are told over and over that we can ask whatever we want and he will answer us, that comes with a stipulation of if we love him. And if we love him, he tells us we will obey his commands. And all I can think is how can we obey his commands if we don't even know his commands? I want you to listen closely, and I'm going to share with you the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol. You shall not 
misuse the name of the Lord in vain. I was riding with a, a couple of the girls, some girls the other day, and I, 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 you know, we hear it all the time. Satan has us so deceived. I mean, even with typing out OMG, uh, and this girl was in the car and she used the name Jesus Christ in a way that I, I literally just looked at her and I said, are you talking to Jesus Christ right now? She's like, no. And I said, well, I think you need to be a little more careful of just continuously using his name when you're not speaking to him, because when you actually do call out to him, he's going to be like, hmm, you really calling me this time? Do you really need me this time? Or are you just, you know, ranting and raving and using my, my name? There's so many ways that we take the name of the Lord in vain. We mock him when we say we're going to pray for someone and we don't. We we use his name when we're not speaking to him. I mean, I could go on and on and on just on that one commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and mother. All parents want to make sure that their kids know that one, right? But the truth of the matter is, if your prayers are not being answered, you may need to look because that is what pray what praying is, asking God for something, right? And John has told us over and over, ask anything in my name and you will receive it because you love me. You shall not murder. You know, in the new, and some people are like, oh, Linda, these are in Exodus. This is in the Old Testament. Really? Actually, in the New Testament, it goes on to say that if you hate your brother, it's as bad as murder. So is that maybe something that is hindering the prayers? You shall not steal. One of my daughters the other day took my iPad and used it without my permission, and I didn't know she had it. And whenever I discussed it with her, I said, do you realize that you stole my iPad? Stole it? I didn't steal it. I said, well, you took it without permission. You took it without my knowledge. You took it and put it somewhere I didn't know where it was. I was like, that's stealing. Are we taking things that aren't really ours? Number nine of the Ten Commandments, you shall not give false testimony. I had a big joke about this with our home group the other night because I said, I wonder how many husbands lie to their wives when they come out and say, honey, does this look good on me? (laughs) All the husbands in the home group were convinced that that lying was legal and was okay. But I mean, I I really wonder how many of us do think that it's okay not to tell the truth if it's going to hurt someone's feeling, or is it okay not to tell the truth? Are there, I mean, do the Ten Commandments say, don't lie unless? And then the last one is, you shall not covet. So I, I want to I circle back to Mika, because I promised you I would. Uh, I prayed for Mika today. I anointed her with oil on her head. She also has, there were several other problems. Her hair is not growing. Uh, her legs were not working. Uh, anointed her legs with oil. And uh, before we left, before I left today, I put her on the side of the bed and she stood up. <laughs> she stood up. First time that she stood up in two and a half years. And so I want to encourage you tonight by giving you hope. She did not walk. She did not take a step, but she stood up. And so that is an amazing miracle. I've had one other person who has been laying, uh, not for two and a half years, but for eight days, that literally when we prayed for her, I prayed for her, and I did not have oil at that time. I was in Haiti. Uh, but literally, she got up and and started to walk right away. So, you know, God tells us that we can do exactly what he did in his word, and he used to do that all the time. Get up, and they walked. And so I want to give you hope tonight by encouraging you to know what this says. Don't be cheated or deceived by Satan. 
and not get the benefit and the joy of what comes from us knowing the Word and living out the Word. Know those Ten Commandments. Know how it works. And if there's anything I can leave you with tonight, I want you to remember that it is very important of all and utmost importance that you love Him so that you can love them. Don't forget to check us out, www.lovehimlovethem.org, and be sure to get our brand new book to hear about more amazing, exciting miracles that have taken place personally in our lives. Thanks, everybody. 